The winemakers are up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson. Each week on the podcast, we visit a different foodie city and explore the cuisine that makes that place special, whether it be custard tarts in Lisbon, mango beer in Mumbai, or lizard curry in Guatemala. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Oh, that sounded like a beautiful pour. Like <laughs> really nice pet net yeah pet net for uh the winemakers hey everybody i'm john myers welcome to the winemakers podcast once again uh wow a full table here right? today with one two three four five six seven eight uh, is that a, bottles? Twelve bottles of wine, <laughs> and six of us. Oh, Casey Graybell. <laughs> that's only two. That's only two Bart bottles Hans each. That's, that's not a. That's Jim. Not, I don't know your last right. name. Uh, Dan. Dan. I'm sorry. What the hell? Okay, Dan and Brian Casey, of course. Happy Grenache Day, everyone. Yes, International Grenache Day. The so so nice to see holiday. Casey Graybell. Somebody was. Some was did you say Eric Casey that International no. Pirate Day? Speak like a pirate. Are <laughs> you are the Grenachista and you're advocating well international speak like a pirate day. I guess that you know all ages if you're <laughs> include the include the children. Okay. And it's kinda it was kinda weird this year, right? Because Sandra didn't I'm wearing my no my sweet Grenache D. Day no sweet yeah. shirt, I know. No no party this year, so we kinda are on our own. I noticed that Hospice Darone actually sent out a thing this morning for a silent auction, so they're doing the... Oh, shit, I'm supposed to send them a uh, video. Maybe I'll go do that right typical now. Typical Couturi style. <laughs> I think it was due yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I was What's your video on? What are they asking for, so, Sam? Uh, they wanted... The, the request was to show us your Grenache. Um, so I went up to Muchas Piedras and showed them some Grenache. So you've so shot you, it already. Yeah, you shot oh, it's the shot. Video. You just haven't uploaded the well, video. Well, the problem is it's I, I um, it's too big to like text or email from my phone, and it's on my phone. So now I have this. I got to figure out how to get it from my, phone Dropbox. my computer and Dropbox. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. a Dropbox. Okay, so that reminds me of something. Can we can we talk about uh, yesterday? Your guys's text that you were. Uh, oh, you were pissed the, about. It. I was you, not you pissed. Were on the I was at work and <laughs> and having. Dan can attest. I had a bit of a day yesterday, so it was just uh, I needed a I needed some radio silence for a little while. But but and I we were blowing you up about just the tipsy pink rosé. So let, uh, let <laughs> where's my phone? I mean, how could you not want to distract yourself with that? Like. What's funny is I thought that that was you. Uh, it seemed like a Brian Casey text more more than a more than a Bart Hansen text. Totally. So when then you said you wanted us to shut up about it, we're like, you started it, man. <laughs> so there's there's a a sparkling rosé. Have you seen this, Casey? Called Tipsy Brand. I have not seen the it. bottle I is shaped oh, like a penis. I have seen that. A large Hello. penis. It, 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 I can't get behind. <laughs> 
Well done. <laughs> and and there's no doubt what it is. I mean, it's it's way more blatant than Jeff Bezos' rocket ship. And it, How do you get more blatant than that? Seriously. Well, and not to like. Obviously, you're not supposed to be talking about the wine in this situation. But you watch the video on the website; it's sparkling rosé. But they put it that it was like running on a bottling line with, without the like, cork and crown cap on it. So it's clearly carbonated. <laughs> what a weird so, bottling line! Too, the whole thing, be. right? And I, bottling line guys aren't like the most. Uh, open-minded in my experience. I would love to see how that one how um, that went by on the truck. So anyway, I started following <laughs> them on on Instagram, and it seems like they're fairly new. It's like it's like um, mostly pictures of the bottles, and then there's some, you know, ladies talking about bachelorette parties or hostess gifts or whatever. And no mention of what's actually inside the bottle, right? It's all about the package. It's I, all about the package. And then, <laughs> and who's making this? Where are these guys? At Napa, California. Really? Yeah, yeah. Napa. Okay. Well, which means American Canyon. Right. Oh, that's not Napa. Well, it is I'm Napa sorry. County. It just means it's in a yeah. warehouse somewhere out by the bay. Right. Um, and I'm surprised they could get glass. How come no one else can get glass, but they can get peanuts? Well, it turns glass. out that 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 glass was available. Right. Nobody yeah. else was. Nobody else wanted to Pretty use specialized. it. Specialized. Like, yeah. Can you say custom? Should I put it? Yeah. My olive oil in there? No, probably not. Uh, Definitely don't want to put like a light colored yeah, white there wine any, in there. Do you do half bottles or magnums? Oh, magnums. Right. Magnums and double magnums. Uh, Doesn't fit in my cellar. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> oh, man. Starting off strong. Right, okay, well, then, so. And then, and then with the backup, you know, the. The review from well, oh, we'll right. leave the we'll leave the wine writer or the wine magazine out of it um, of the Shatnuf uh, to Pop. Do you want me to read it? I got it. Right you here. got it. Read it. Just really the first uh, sentence is all you need. Yeah, huge in the mouth, full-bodied and expansive, with a rich velvety texture and tremendous length. <laughs> Ouch! It was for Shatnuf to Pop. It's ha- Happy Grenache Day. <laughs> well, Facebook is. You know, pushing out your memories, and I got one this morning um, that we were podcasting on Grenache Day. On Grenache and then, Day from and then, Sweet D. Yeah, it was a different one. So okay. we've done years worth of Grenache Days. So, right. Speaking it's of, it's Mr. the only Casey holiday Graybell, we acknowledge on the How the hell podcast, are you, so. Mr. Gravel? Like Wait, hold on. Will you move move that mic up? When we had um, um, David on, I listened to that show, and he he was too far away from his microphone, and we didn't we didn't. Um, police the mic we enough. didn't police him at all so we're gonna yeah, have to people tend him. to sit back right what no, do you need bar- bar- anyone that doesn't know casey casey is the grenachista casey um, casey hopped on the grenachista before any of us could get our shit together i just right. named myself that <laughs> <laughs> well you also copyrighted or own that grenache fist i do um which is uh, pretty funny because i just kind of jumped on that too um and i'm amazed that in actual like picture of a fist is not copyrighted but it is now <laughs> um, and how am i doing i feel like i've been run over by a train this has been a pretty crazy harvest even though it's what september 16th um, why what's going on in our facility we processed almost 200 tons we are picking Sablanc, pinot and cabernet all at the same time nice. um, <laughs> 200 tons as of, of crates unreal full which usually in our facility doesn't happen until like mid-october i was gonna so say that's a month uh, early one empty tank, right? Yeah. 
we have one empty tank that we can use to press to, and a couple empty portas, but all the fermentation vessels are, are full. Um, and what's interesting is that uh, for Cabernet, we are filling 20-ton fermenters with 16 tons of fruit because the water add is equivalent of, you know, four extra tons. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's a year kind of like um, 15 in that way, especially with the Cabernet. I mean, we've, we haven't really picked much, but um, much cab. But what we have, it's like you're filling macro bins, and then you take them to the winery and it's 650 pounds yeah. you know when it should be 800 pounds yeah. uh, so it's a m- lots of stem and skin not a whole lot of juice uh, tiny berries tiny tiny berries yeah. seeing that in Grenache too which is yeah. when you see it in Grenache you're happy when you see it in Cabernet you're like alright that's going to be a lot of work yeah and we've seen a lot of seeds as well there's you know, three to four seeds in, oh. per, per berry and you know that's that's juice that we're not going to get right um, but Grenache is going great I'm actually uh, I, I my harvest is kind of funny in that I pick my three warm weather sites at the beginning so those are already pressed out and now i sit and wait for my three cold weather sites so um i'm right in the middle personally of my my harvest but you know that my day job is running a a large facility so that is not right in the middle well no we are right in the goddamn middle (laughs) but it looks like we'll be finished by like october 6th or something We were projecting out 700, but I think that we're going to walk away at like four, 450. Wow. Yeah. So everything's light, um, which is also contributing to some heavy stress loads on my end because I have, we have clients and they say, oh, I'm going to bring in three tons. And so I save a three ton fermenter and lo and behold, it's a ton and a half. Yeah. Um, right. The only super teas we have at our winery, which are like the bigger boxes, plastic boxes you use to ferment are actually mine. And I own about eight of them. Um, and they are all full right now, and I, I, you know, I don't mind lending them out. But we are not a tea bin winery, so it's like, you know, what the hell's going on here, you guys? You can't uh, crush two tons into two super teas. You're driving me nuts. But so that's it is. A, that's a lot of grapes. It's a lot of grapes. Yeah. Seriously, well, those are pain in the ass fermentations too. If you have two tea bins of the same thing, and invariably one will have a different issue than the other one, and one will move faster than the other one, and even if it's a, you know, the exact same juice crushed and put in there in the exact same day, right? And then you, you know, yeah, maybe one doesn't get quite the same punch down that the other one gets. It's, totally. There's definitely a lot well, of extra work. Well, we, uh, and a, we, a custom crush facility, so we get paid, you know, by the ton. Right. So it's the same amount of work for us to, to have a 20-ton tank as it is to have two super tees. So, you know, <laughs> right. you do the math there. Right. Yeah. Interesting, right. So, and... um Casey, tell people where where are the warm weather sites and where are the cold weather sites for the Grenache? Uh, I, well, I actually have two warmer weather sites, but I make three wines off of them, so I, it was kind of a brain fart there. Um, uh, Dry Creek Valley, which is Mount's family vineyard, and right. I've been working with them since I started. Uh, Dave and Richard Mounts grow some incredibly beautiful and Lana. fruit. And Lana, they they just their fruit is always just perfect. Um, and then Peter Mathis' vineyard here in Sonoma Valley, and I make a couple wines off of his site. Um, and that's up um, Monterosso? Mountain, Mountain Avenue. Mountain Avenue, okay. yeah. And I've been working with, with Peter. was not my first year, but it was 2014 when I started buying fruit from Peter. And uh, I, I'm pretty proud to say that I'm the only one who will sell fruit to. So it, 
it, it's pretty neat to there's only two wines coming off of that that place and you're the only winemaker who will deal who will put up with him as a and vice versa <laughs> or, I mean, or, or, or are you a bocce player is right. that what it is no I just <laughs> begged deals patonk patonk deal struck over pat- sorry, on the patonk court well, yeah. you know right. cut you off if you call yes, yes international patonk <laughs> yeah, champion they, they used to have the Mathis Grenache at the Fairmont but <laughs> <laughs> Brian pissed him off <laughs> that's pretty hard to piss Peter off so no, that was fun. We, who, what was the name of the the guest that was uh, here? A Angelo few weeks ago? Cosimo. Uh, Angelo was here, and um, Angelo and his wife. We did a I cool remember, tasting. I beer. remember her profession more than her name. I'm trying to remember her name. The, She's probably going to listen to this show and then arrest me. Shit. <laughs> and it was it was an easy name. It was. Um, an easy name. And well, we Amy loved him. Kelly. No. 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 <laughs> close though. Kelly was closer. She used to be a cop. Or still is a cop. Still is a cop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. scared her some... name right out of my head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 he's, and he has a trucking company. Which, did he get a hold of you guys? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, he hit me up on Instagram was like, hey, I'm driving the truck out. He's coming out right Do now. Do you need bottles? And I said, hit up Bart and Sam. Yeah, he's so, so we tried to hook him up with some Zinfandel from here in Sonoma, and that didn't work out. He has found some up in uh, Dry Creek. Um, and yes, he bought a bunch of glass. I mean, the, the, Angelo's taken the home winemaking experience to the extreme, Next level. Yeah. right? So yeah. he's driving out in his refrigerated truck to pick up grapes that he's having crushed, and then driving them back for his two-day cold soak. Will take him to drive back to you know he lives outside of Chicago, and and start making his wine. So, um, hey, good use of time, man. Yeah, yeah. No, he, you know, and you own the trucking company. I think it's a little easier to pull that a- off. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, he was trying. He bought way too much glass, I guess, a while back, and he's trying to. Um, he knows that there's a glass shortage out here, so he's trying to see if we needed it. If you yeah. need glass, it's uh, it, what's his on a cluster to cork on Instagram yep. from cluster yep. to cork. Find Angelo, <laughs> buy some bottles, and he might be here right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, this will come on Friday, so yeah, hit him up. Um, but we, he, Peter Mathis took them up to his vineyard, did a little tasting um, up in the vineyard, and then we had a nice lunch at the Girl in the Fig, um, and then and that they were so funny because by that time. They were pretty much hammered there. And, uh, and I remember Prema came over from three sticks cause they were already like 45 minutes or an hour late for their tasting. And she, so she kind of came over trying to be nice, like sitting down at the table, kind of like the gentle right. reminder, Hurry like, hello you guys. Right. And, and I remember his wife was like, we have another tasting. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. But they had a good time. But, but Casey, we wanted to talk about, Peter, you used to get fruit from Peter, and he would basically tell you the day, right? He would say, okay, you pick it up on what day, and he would call the pick. But was this the first year where you actually got to go up there and kind of decide for yourself? It's, it's true. The first few years I worked with him, he would be like, all right, your fruit's ready, and he would just pick the, you know, any old block that was ready that he was picking for, huh. um, which, you know, he's an older school winemaker, so it was typically 27 to 28 bricks, um, and I rode with it for the first few years because, you know, I was still kind of learning how to... This is a, Grenache is a, a difficult grape to really work with. Um, and it takes some time to, to figure out both sites and, you know, how to make a nice one. Um, so, yes, the first couple years I got fruit when he said it was ready. I look back on I don't really like those wines all that much. They're, huh. they're extracted. They're big. They're, yeah. they're you know, high alcohol. Um, I think in 2000... What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing, but that's not what I want to make. I, uh, yeah. I want to make wines that I can just drink, that, uh, you know, 
you don't have to have a steak. It's it's about sipping on. That's yeah. the danger though of Grenache, isn't it? That it that it can really show its alcohol. It, and vice versa. Yes, but it can also mask it pretty well. I mean, Vaucluse is you know hotter than Hades. So typically, I've run labs on on Chateauneufs and Gigonasses and Vacarasses for years, and they're typically 16, if not higher. Yeah. Um, and they don't really show that heat. But then if you get a, a you know, California's a little different. I think they do show their heat a little bit more. Um, but uh, I think in 2018 was when Peter Mathis finally, I, I was starting to play with some, some different fermentation techniques. 16 was the first year that I went whole cluster, and I, I am now 100% whole cluster. Mm-hmm. 100%? Uh, 100%. Yep. But uh, Peter started looking over my shoulder, and he was kind of intrigued what I was doing. And he uh, granted me some more leeway in, in picking, uh, both picking time and where the fruit was coming from. Um, and this is the first year that I had complete autonomy. You know, it's sometimes it'd be like, okay, next week, you know. And he was picking my fruit when he was picking his rosé. So that's kind of funny. Um, but this year I went to him and I was like, Peter, I want it at 23, 22 and a half. I want to make a light, fun wine off of your site. His site is notoriously tannic. So I was like, I want to try taming these tannins. I want to make a fun wine out of your site. And he was into, into it because he's never had that off of that. So this year we went in and we, we walked it, and uh, we picked it 22 and a half. Um, uh, conversion rates so far have been really weird, so I'm looking at like 11.5% alcohol. But wow. it tastes great, yeah. great fruit, um, so, really fun wine. Yeah, and, and, and then what did you bring for us to taste? This is, well, I, I'm about to pour the 20 Mathis. That's the 2020 Carbonic, which is off oh. of Peter Mathis's vineyard. And uh, that, that's that's kind of where Peter started allowing me some more f- flexibility in his vineyard is when I made the first Carbonic in 18. And he was really intrigued by that, and it was a great wine. Um, and through the years, this is my what third I, uh, third version of it. Um, and I think I, I feel like I nailed this one. This is what I've always been trying to make. So just so we don't completely wax over the Pet Nat, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, have, um, you have been making Pet Nat for a number of years now. And we've seen you um, go from being unsure on opening them up to very confident today opening them up. So uh, it, it seems like you've kind of got it down. You're, you figured it out, or are you still learning? A and B. Um, I definitely have it a lot more. I started in 18 with some Grenache Blanc that actually stuck, and it was like November. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with this? It was a 20 brick or a 20 grams per liter of sugar. So. Um, that's well, well, real struck. Well stuck. Well stuck. It's funny. I don't think you ever shared that with us yeah. before. <laughs> so I restarted in November, and I'm like, well, let's try something fun. I got it going. Um, so I peeled out like 20 cases worth and bottled it as a pet net, and it was delicious. And so that's where it really started. And in 2019, I did a Grenache Noir and a Grenache Blanc, and I continued to do that. And um, it's pretty darn tricky. You got to know some chemistry to get these nailed. Um, and I, I th- we were talking about a little bit earlier. I think that... Um, pet nets are starting to you know grow in popularity but there's since it's tricky to make there's a lot of bad ones out there so people pop them and they taste it and they don't like it and I, and I can't blame them I've had some of those bad ones they have that cidery kind of weird ferment thing going on and ML will go on in bottle and you get kind of like cooked cabbage and you, you know um, so I th- I think I've nailed it um, but every year with pet net you know you, you got to do it during harvest so you only get one shot at it so um, I, I should not say I got it because <laughs> then this year's going to go sideways. How how do you get it right and how do you get it wrong? Uh, well, you 
you have to bottle it right at the right time to get the correct uh, carbonation. You know, too much sugar and it will explode. Um, too little sugar and uh, you don't have a whole lot of fur, uh, bubbles, which I would rather have less bubbles than have it explode. I don't want to have to give people safety glasses and you know with the with the yeah. bottle purchase. Um, but there's a, a very specific number that I shoot for now, and it's kind of funny. And you know I don't really believe in winemaking secrets, but nobody. Nobody wants to share this number if you start talking to, to sparkling um, people. And, and there's a reason for that. I have to back up a little bit because it's not linear. Um, that carbonation level can change with how much alcohol you have in it. So um, hmm. for everybody out there, I'm going to give the secret. It's 12 grams per liter. Every four grams per liter equals one bar of pressure. You want to hit about two and a half to three bar of pressure. Um, so you can pay me my consulting fees, um, <laughs> yeah, send right. them to C.R. Grable Wine Co. Um, you know, you know, Venmo, you want to speak the Venmo <laughs> out there? Cash app? Yeah. So you got to keep your alcohol low and you shoot for 14 grams per liter when you bottle. Um, and you cross your fingers and hope the, the yeast populations that are still in there do their job. And 80% of the time they do. I don't mind a little sweetness if they don't finish. I think this year's is pretty dry. But in years past, we'll have had a little sugar left over and, and that's okay. And let's... Jen Reichard, are you listening? <laughs> Little trouble, because we did have what was it? There we had one of their pet nuts that was just didn't happen. Yeah. Um, well, it, ferm it fermented. Yeah. It was it tasted good. It just didn't have any carbonation, right? Yeah. It, went flat. it fermented yeah. totally dry. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, before they bottled it, there was no sugar to make bubbles. Well, they. I think they thought it was going to have bubbles. Okay. I don't think the chemistry. The was intent quite was the intent was to have bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. It had a crown cap. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the final results, though. Not normally, how you sell your still wine. Yeah, um, and I'm actually making quite a bit more of Petnet every year. Um, for my day job, it's kind of funny is that they've also been looking over my shoulder for the last few years, like, "What's that guy doing over there?" Um, he's been making some pretty nice stuff. So last year, I made him a little bit of Petnet, a Pinot and a Petit Syrah, and we're upscaling that quite a bit. But Petnot's actually easier to make in larger scales because I can put it in a tank and control temperature quite a bit better um so shoot i'm making like i don't know close to a thousand cases for them of split between the the pinot <laughs> yeah, and the a little bit yeah right um so yeah you know i i don't mind since i've named myself the grenachista i should start figuring out a, another title for the pet nets the pet nista <laughs> right the bubble dude. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to keep that to send that to workshop. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on the copyright as we speak. You said you make it in uh, in tank. Does does the fermentate does the secondary fermentation happen in tank or in bottle? In bottle. Yeah, in bottle. I'm a, I also make some piquettes. I started that last year, and it's um, making pet nets has definitely trained me to make piquettes. So, um, same process. Well, not the same process, but which the, you didn't bring any today. I'm I a didn't. Little disappointed, but that's all right. Well, and because they're delicious as well. And by the way, this pet nut is delicious. Thank yeah. you. I like it. How do you do this little thing on the top? Yeah, of the it bottle is really cool. That is beeswax, um, and it's funny as all all my wines. Um, a little bit of that does go out into like a wholesale chain, but I do not discount it because I touch every bottle five times, and so I'm like, I'll give you you know break for you buying three cases or five cases, but the pet nut is. Solid. Now, right. is that dipped in this wax? It's dipped, hand-dipped okay. in, in beeswax. Because it's at a nice angle, and it looks very um, very cool. Yeah, I get uh, you know two weeks off for Christmas, so you know I go in and I hand-wax everything. Well, the, the winery is completely quiet, so I'm Wax on, wax off. Totally. Listen to podcasts. He's right down, the, right down the road from wax on, wax there off. There you go. I didn't know he had a tasting up on top of the hill. Oh, 
yeah, the, the sky deck. I, yeah, I thought it was just down here on the square. No, they they I, um they bring a few groups a day up to the top of the mountain, and and you know you have the spot looking out over the vineyard, and then kind of the bay, kind of Napa Carneros out towards Vallejo and Oakland. It's kind of the view from terrible their, their view, spot. It's, right? it's awful. <laughs> it's awful. And then when it's raining, they take you into what used to be Robert's house right. there, that little studio. Um, which is kind of a cool spot too. I'm a little more vineyard and like canyon view. Hey, it's a nice spot on this earth, man. It yeah. really is. Definitely. Yeah, I sent a couple. Uh, I sent a couple up there a couple weeks ago, and and they came back and just thanked me. They said that the, the weather it, either it started to sprinkle or it got kind of cold, and so Robert brought him into the house. And like the new house, the big house, or the I, other house? I don't know. They just said we were in his house, and he was talking to us, and they said that guy's that guy's a lot of fun. Did he have so, a robe on? <laughs> was he was he wearing pants? Is the question. I mean, here's the funny thing: is that there's certain listeners that know caught the wax on wax off thing, but oh. there's other people that are like, who are they talking about? Um, Robert came. No, in. you don't Uncle have to Bobby. say. Just um, leave it, Uncle, Uncle Bobby. Bobby. And then, um, so a guy from the taste room came in the other day for dinner and brought in a 2011 cab Magnum. Oh, really? Ooh, there you go. Um, and we we totally knew each other. We saw each other, and we're like, we know we know each other. And Kyle, was it Kyle? Uh, maybe Kyle, right. Mar- Kyle Marioni. He's the manager. and his brother was there, and it, he was with his family. And, and his, his brother's Dan, who makes his who does, like makes natural wine in Magnolia. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were talking about natural wines with his brother. Yeah. Used to work clean remember, ones. we had them on the podcast, but it was <laughs> on dirty. Zoom, so we never uh, actually yeah, yeah. sat down with those guys. Right. Oh, we, had, right. we had Dan and Jack. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about Los Haras uh, for a little bit with him, and he said, that's, that's more my brother's wheelhouse. Um, Bart sent out a, an article about clean wines and, then the, and everything that's going on around that, and when you're positioning yourself as the only one, we work hard to make this absolutely the cleanest, best it's you're inferring that everybody else is not. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, do you, what do you, how do you react to somebody who's selling stuff like that? I mean, you know, honestly, I try to ignore it because um, it's just noise. Uh, you know, you, you got to sell wine. That at the end of the day, you can make it a, make the best wine in the world, but so, you got to get it out there. And so, if that's your marketing strategy to, to shit on other people, and, and um, <laughs> yeah. so be it. I mean, I don't care. Um, you know, I don't add a. Actually, this year I haven't added anything, but I reserve the right if I'm having some fermentation trouble to kick in some some yeast nutrients. Um, I try not to, um, but if I did, I'm not going to say, "Well, this wine's dirty." Um, you know. Go ahead, Bart. I want to hear your opinion on this. I was just going to say, you're not going to sacrifice your crop. Uh, being a zealot right like no, you know you, no. you do the best you can um every year and and if you have to add something or you need something to to complete the fermentation then that's what you got to do yeah um, and, and and i guarantee you some of those natural wine people those clean wine people just because they print it doesn't mean it's true it's, right? gee, really I mean, truth in advertising <laughs> is not truthful right it's absolutely. What? Why did you look at me? <laughs> John did more advertising than I did. Uh, yeah, right. and I know I know <laughs> that there's some well, truth it, hidden somewhere. Clean no one Budweiser. To... John was advertising. <laughs> Nobody wants a flawed wine. I mean, I I, no. I have drank in many a quote unquote natural wines because I enjoy a lot of them, but there are some pretty bad ones, and that's not what I want. But I don't want to add anything if I don't have to. Well, and when uh, I hate that when they're people talk about natural wine or clean wine and then they're not even starting with organic grapes right like it 
right at the base <laughs> level like what you could do you're not even doing mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's probably the most you know important if you're worried about uh, impacting our our planet it's not throwing in some some uh, yeast nutrient it's how you farm right come on hippie right. when you're done with coachella Right. <laughs> go, one, go, go get interested in the planet as well as the wine you're drinking, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, but of, there's a fu- you know, like I said, you got to sell stuff. So right. if if um, sorry, no offense to hippies, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why, why are you looking at Sam? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any hippies. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of laugh at the the new zero zero thing because you know, adding sulfur. You know, nobody wants to add a whole lot of sulfur, but it's it's part of the process and it, and talk about having flaw issues is no sulfur well right when you know one bottle out of the case tastes good and the rest are all spoiled of some but you guys how do you think they do that at deerfield do you think they actually don't use sulfites at all and how do they ship they're using william salem yeast which gives you a bound that when you're done at like 110 parts per million okay what does that mean for a normal person that means that they're adding sulfur without actually adding sulfur they're using Uh, a specific and i can i don't know for sure i don't know what they're doing over there right and it's a byproduct of some yeast strains yes yeah and 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 not to throw them under the bus but they do claim to do clean wines i mean what exactly does that mean? Are their vineyards organic? Um, you know, do they filter the wines? Do they add? Do they add something else after that sterilizes the wine that you know they don't have to claim and stuff? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I go back to the same thing. It's like I don't want to put out a defective wine. Um, our our winery, one of our winery mates, brought in this Austrian Pinot Noir the other day, and it had mercaptan so bad that you couldn't even put it in your mouth. I mean, it was like raw onions and puke um Hello. and it was a, and it was a it was a wine out on the market like how does that get in the market in this day and age yeah um, that that where people say oh olive tapenade you mean you mean diarrhea because they're you know <laughs> that smell um, okay hey let's focus back on grenache yeah, <laughs> which is fine or what are we what are, i don't are know we, speaking we, of a uh, how many are on the wine? table are so i opened a I opened uh, Grenache Day Wine. This is 2000. Um, what did I open? Uh, <laughs> uh, the Claude de uh, Mont Olivet. It's a it's a 2000. You know, old school. Talk about that. All, all of Tapenade, dirty Band Aid. Um, definitely a healthy Britannomyces population yeah, for sure. yeah. in this uh, cellar in this vintage. Um, Seller tracker told me I should have opened it last year. Sorry, maybe it would have been I'm better glad last you year. Did. It's not bad. It's actually not bad. It's got some really interesting, like sweet strawberry kind of Grenache flavors, along with all that dirty funky. Yeah. yeah. Happy Happy, Grena- happy Grenache Day. This would be amazing. Have Jasmine Calovello. It's really good on the palate. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, a little funky on the nose, but. All right, Casey. How many, how many Grenaches did you bring here? This is all, okay. Grenache. Gr- Grenache Springs, Noir here, 2019. Alder Springs, Sonoma Valley. Mendocino, 2020 Grenache Noir, Sonoma Valley. Right, okay. Is carbonic. Did you bring any yeah, of the mounts as well? Uh, there's a mounts here. There's a uh, 18 mounts. Yeah. What yeah, order? Uh, Casey, Audrey you make Chet? the call. I would say the carbonic first, and then mounts, um, Alder Springs and Mathis. Okay. Radio silence. 
We're, we're tasting wine. <laughs> this is why some podcasts don't do wine tasting live on, on the air. other hand, it, it sounds great when you do. It's serious. <laughs> they must really be enjoying that. They've shut up for 17 mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. That's just interesting. It takes, it takes a little brown brain power to, to think about what you're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to grab another set of glasses for everyone just so they don't keep, have to... Yeah, yeah, keep, yeah, so we can keep this yeah. in the glass. That's a good call. The, the Chateau is really fascinating because... Mm-hmm. You, get a, you know, well, it, just it, it, at first it was, you know, so much kind of spice and it was overwhelming. But then, then you get this kind of sweet perfume strawberry that's coming through that's really neat. And on the palate, it's delicious, I think. I mean, it's just really, it's really pretty and balanced and it's, it's held up. But, but my initial impression was that it was, you know, it had some, some really strong... Well, I mean, the funk is the funk, and and you you kind of sometimes, if you know it's an old world wine, you come to accept it, right? And and again, we're looking at it like we're looking at it for you know the quality of it, and is does it have defects? So we're kind of going in with it, looking at that. Um, I mean, right. well, the conversation ahead of it sort of led into that, right? right. right? But it'll be interesting to see how it. Um, you know, it's probably been open a half an hour now. You see how it goes over the course of the afternoon. Yeah. It's got a, like, really nice blackberry you know, bramble, you know, like mm-hmm. in the hot sun with the dust on it, um, just under underlying, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Like, say, with the charcuterie, we've not yeah, even... We need some, like, brisola or something. Do you know where this exactly was grown, Sam? Uh, or close by? I, I don't. I mean, somewhere in Chateauneuf. I don't know. Yeah, I've I don't seen know where it. the Montolivet. I've driven past it. I think it is in town. It is in town. I can't say where the vineyards are, but I know that I've seen it um, as you come in. It's got that. Well, you were talking about charcuterie, but it's got that kind of salami on the palate. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that really that cured meat. Okay, so I've had French style. So carbonic then mounts. Yeah, the carbonic we started in 2018. Um, and it's where we take some fruit and we put it in a, a tank and we seal it up and I run uh, inert gas over the top of it during its fermentation. So it sits in a tank unmolested, untouched for um, anywhere between 11 and 14 days. Um, and then we open it up and uh, foot tread it uh, and squeeze it out. It takes a couple extra days to ferment after we foot tread it um, and put it in a barrel and I bottle it. Wait, say that again. After you foot tread it, it takes a couple days to do what? I'm sorry, did I say bottle? It takes a couple days to finish fermenting. Okay. Um, you know, it's, when I open it up, it's usually at like 10 bricks. So that enzymatic fermentation has happened. Right. Uh, and then I get in and break all the berries basically and get the juice out. And it's pretty fast after that. You got a big old yeast population sitting at the bottom of the tank and you open up Waiting. those berries and it just goes boom and it's done. Um, and this, we actually, out of all my red wines, this is the only one that I keep in barrel for just one year rather than two. Um, so this 2020, I bottled about a month ago. Uh, and it is, as one of my wine sales guys is calling it, we call it a gangster juice because it's just (laughs) bright and fruit and easy to drink and fun. Um, and that's what I wanted this wine to be is just like the easy quaffer, maybe a little chill to it. Yeah. And, and just enjoy it. Sitting on the back porch. Yeah. So yeah. when when you're doing carbonic on that, how do you? Are you just hoping it's at ten bricks? Are you pulling a little sample because it's not none of the berries have broken, so you don't really know. Just pure hope. Pure hope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't touch it. Um, you, can, you can't open it, right? You can't open it, and you know it is kind of a, a representation of what my winemaking has become. The first few years, I was like hands all over it, you know, manipulation. And I wanted to change it and make it 
Um, nowadays, I kind of like, ah, let's see what we're going to get. And, you, you know, you let the, the wine do its thing. Um, and this Carbonic is a truly a, like a, a – it's one of my favorite wines to make because I don't have to do anything. <laughs> but um, This tastes really nice, Case. Thank really you. good. Um, it's definitely a representation of, of where my winemaking is now, where, like, less is more. Well, everybody likes to say that, seriously. I mean, if the less you can do to screw it up, it's a good thing. On the other hand, the really great bottles tend to prove that. And, and, you have to have good fruit to do that. Absolutely. Right. And then the mounts, you know, moving on, sorry, but the mounts, the aromas on the mounts are just absolutely outstanding. Um, and that's, you know, as you said, definitely more of the dry or the hot, um, hot climate Grenache. Do you have any thoughts on, on on why you like that area so much? Um, a lot of it's loyalty. I started with making wine with Dave Mounts, you know, in 2013. Um, I you know, I also think that you know Grenache it comes from as I mentioned Vaucluse and Southern Rhone where it's hot. It's real hot, and so I, I think that those hot sites lend themselves to the brighter feelings of Grenache where the cooler weather sites and we'll, we'll t- taste the Alder Springs in a minute which is cooler um, to me bring more of like a northern uh, Chateauneuf uh, Reyes area where you, you get more of that like forest floor and, and dark berry um, but this 2018 is probably the most Pinot-esque Grenache I've ever made um, it has a lot of that same bright fruit from a Pinot um, uh, Grenache can be typically pretty astringent and tannic if you if, if you overwork it. Wow. Uh, yeah, it really can. And this is the Albon clone. And 2018 was the first year that Dave moved moved me over to the Albon clone. Um, it doesn't extract color very well, so it, uh, this is light. And every year I've done it since has been light. And I think it shows it in the wine. It's a it's a lighter style Grenache. And Which is weird because from what I remember carrying their wines at the Girl and the Fig, they tended to do sort of sort of deeper, darker Grenache style. They do. Yeah, Dave is a, a extraction monger, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but I'm not. So this is whole cluster, 100% whole cluster. And the beauty I find in whole clusters that you don't feel it. It makes a, a live, bright wine, but you don't get stimminess. And talk about whole cluster and, and why you're doing that 100% now with all your wines. I think you should take your destimmer and push it out to the curb and just leave it there. <laughs> Uh, Free to stemmer. (laughs) Must pick up. Must pick up. (laughs) C.R. Grable Wines, A3D, Sonoma, California. Uh, It was just, I was adding a little bit of stem, even in like 15, um, and then I would get those stem tannins, and I had a long conversation with some friends, and and the idea here is that the more stem inclusion, the less juice contact to the stems you have, because you have whole berry, and that... The whole berry's all in there. Yeah, you get some breakage when you put it in the bin and when it sits for a while as it starts to compact on itself. But you're not getting a lot of juice to, to stem contact. Um, what you are getting is really nice, even fermentations. Um, those stems don't have any caloric value, so they don't heat up in the fermentation. It kind of spreads like the matrix out. Um, you don't have to do punchovers because you can't. Um, or punch overs, punch downs. I do do pump overs. I do one a day. And so it's kind of gone back into that less is more is that I, I find that it really lifts the fruit. It gives it this really nice um, spice to it that you don't get without the stems. Uh, and it just makes the wine like alive. And this is an 18 and it tastes 
like bright and new, like it was bottled, you know, a couple weeks ago, but it's been in bottle for a year. Do you find that Grenache can be punchy if you're not using stems? That, that it can just kind of have like a fruit punch that's, that's a little bit... Yeah, no mid-palate and then a whole lot of tannin on the back end. Okay. Yeah, astringency. Yeah, a start and finish, but yeah. 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 And, and besides, it takes a lot of time to clean that destemmer every day. It sure does. <laughs> but I got a crew to do that. <laughs> so that's what harvest interns are for. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it, like I said, it was an ev- evolution. And now I'm, I'm 100% into 100% whole cluster, and that's what I do it with everything. Um, I, just, I think it makes a better wine, at least for Grenache. But Can- so a little bit on that whole cluster. So, you know, again, it's kind of starting off a bit of a carbonic fermentation right because you're dumping all the whole clusters in then you're getting in and foot treading it to starting to break down the berries right correct and and in a normal year where we have dry ice for everyone out there there's no dry ice in in the world um i would be covering it heavily with dry ice to basically yes it it does start as a carbonic uh starts fermentation in the berry but i'm pumping over once a day so i'm getting that juice moving around i am foot trotting so i'm breaking berries but i mean even those first couple pump overs have to be very difficult because there's just not that much juice. No, I got it. I got it down. I've got a little system now okay. where I carve out a corner in the tank, and I use this thing I've made, um, and it ends up leaving like a hole in one side of the tank, and it's where I can plunge my little submarine down and, okay. and get juice out. So, okay. uh, yes, the first couple days, you're right. First couple days, I'm like, you know, the pumps like, yeah. it's sucking a little bit of juice and a little bit of air, um, which you know I don't mind because I feel like it's getting a little air into right. there. I don't want this fully carbonic because I have a carbonic one. Right. Um, I mean, I, trust me, I'm not. I'm not uh, questioning your ways. I'm trying to suck information out of you oh, yeah, without yeah. being too, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no snare. <laughs> I don't believe in in winemaking secrets. Hey, Casey, you were talking about uh, the grapes this year are really small and have a lot of seeds. Is that going to throw anything off? Mm, yes. <laughs> Numbers. Yeah. Yield. Tannin. Cost. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how are you going to manage the tannins? Because it's it's gonna it's gonna be so much more tannic. You gonna yeah. You gonna well. Well, I've I've brought in um, three lots so far, and it's my warmer climate stuff, um, and so far so good. Um, they're all pressed out. It's really for me. It's really hard for me to judge wines um, early on, even though I've been doing this a long time, and so I don't anymore. Um, kind of cro- You know, it, you get what you get. And they're going to be in barrel for two years, and so I'll have time later to come back. But I, I like the results of what we have right now in, in barrel, and I, I think they're great wines. But it's hard for me to really, like, dig in. Like, is there too much tannin? Is this astringent? Um, and you're, like, off-gassing, and they taste kind of weird. And, and Grenache is, is funky in that way anyways, that it takes a year to settle um, to really get an idea of what you got. Um, they're just... They just evolve in a weird way, and I can't even explain it. But that's why I also gone to two-year barrel aging because I feel like it needs it. It needs that time to kind of settle out. What, what, are you using neutral or? I use neutral. Yeah, it's all neutral French oak. And since I run a facility, I get pretty nice, clean right. uh, used Pinot barrels. Right. Everybody else's fancy barrels that you get. Yeah. Absolutely. I that's used to use the name of the game. <laughs> I used to use once used, but I've backed off that even. So now I'm using you know their third or fourth used. Do you find that? The skins and the seeds uh, deliver a different uh, tannic perception on, on the wines in the end. If you have a like thin thin skin, lots of seeds versus thicker skin, no seeds, is is there uh, does it does it 
have an impact on the yeah, texture? Yeah, the seed tannin is it can be green, and and I actually find that to be less astringent though than the skin tannin. Skin tannin can be very astringent, especially in Grenache. That's that's where yeah, the astringency I mean, comes from. I mean, the Grenache, it's all about the skin tannin. Like you can go through and run all the numbers you want for sugars and acids. Uh, oops. But until <laughs> until you're out there chewing on the grapes and this and the skin tannins are in management or in balance, then you shouldn't be picking it. Yeah. And that's a straight from the Phil Katuri, um wheelhouse. Speaking of which, Bart, <clears throat> when are you guys picking Monterosa? Monterosa? Rossi, Rossi, Rossi Ranch. Rossi Ranch? Yeah, exactly. Brene, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening... <laughs> Maybe next year. Um, uh, Brene, by the way, um, after harvest, going to have her back in. I exchanged a message with her. Um, we're going to pick when Phil says it's time to pick. Because you guys were out there the other day, right, Sam, picking whites? Uh, we were, we're just, just we're, we're just out walking and tasting. Um, we're going to pick whites, uh, Roussan, Marsan, Grenache Blanc, and I think there's some Claret or Pickpool out there now. Um, next week. Probably Monday. Who planted Claret? We cut over something. Marsan, I think. Some of the Marsan. And you didn't think about telling me about that? Dude, what am I doing right now? Right, and it's not for you. It's not for sale. I mean, it is for sale. I bought it. No, I want to drink it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know oh, it'll, be, it'll be in the... Actually, the 2020 version of the Homage Blanc has some of it in there. Um, there so, yeah, go, we'll Brian. pick that, but the... Yeah. You get it. The you know the next thing we'll do out of Rossi with red grapes is for rosé. We're gonna do Mavedra rosé uh, for sixteen six hundred, and then um, that's a new thing. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, we did it in twenty twenty also. Now, there's all these things that you know happened in twenty twenty because of right. you know all the weirdness with smoke and and everything that um, we wouldn't have gotten to do otherwise. But now that we've done, we're like kind of cool. Kind of cool. So the twenty twenty. Uh, Rossi Mavedra Rosé will be available as a as an add-on or substitution in the fall wine club treatment. Sweet. Yeah. Little New World Bandol. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. That's the idea. Cool. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be soon. Um, but you know, the Grenache from Rossi Ranch it essentially is on the Moon Mountain District Cabernet kind of schedule. It takes you know it takes a long time. Er- early years. Um, we'll be picking the end of September. Um, so that's probably, you know, probably two weeks away at least. Um, maybe a little bit more with this weather this weekend. Yeah. Bart's holding up three fingers over here with, with what we're looking at, you know, today and, and through the weekend with possibly a little bit of rain even. Yeah, um, Sunday rain. Sunday rain. Seriously? Cold, really? You know, it wow. feels like fall. We're, oh, man. Went from it was cold this morning. 95 at the beginning of the week to a high of 75 today and tomorrow. Um, so that's just like, it's great. It's, I, don't know, I think it's, I don't know if you've seen this too, Casey. It's kind of like hit the brakes on everything. Right. Everything went like, oh, we're going to get ready, right? And we're going to go really slow for the next two weeks. Yeah. And, and none of the fruit is showing any of that, you know, really ripening things of like dimpling or, right. you know, starting with some Syrah. Starting to see starting some Syrah. Syrah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the weather's been outstanding you know just kind of in cruise mode how long can you guys let that hang as long as we freaking can 
I mean, yeah. With Even if you get rain, though, this weekend. Yeah, that is. That, yeah, that's a good. That's a very good point. Um, we, you know, the thing about the rain, John. I mean, if unless you're like, first of all, I, I'm, you know, until it, and maybe I'll jinx myself into actually happening <laughs> until, until I see it like actually pouring <laughs> down rain. Anytime they say rain, I figure it'll be. You know, somewhere like that fog bank that I drove through this morning where you have to turn your windshield wipers on, but it doesn't really do anything. What did we uh, get? One thirty-second of an inch last weekend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of rain, it's going to slow down ripening a little bit. It'll freshen things up a little bit, but it's not really damaging to the crop, I don't think. I mean, um, when you walk through the vineyard and it's still dusty, like there's a crust of of moisture on the top, but underneath it's all dirty still. That's not affecting anything on the vine. Yeah. Um, it's rinsing off some dust and uh, maybe diluting a little bit. And, and a little and, bit of water add in the vineyard. Right. Um, unless, unless it stays like that, unless it gets, stays wet out right. and, and moisture. And, and gets hot and muggy. Yeah. You know? but, but all the weather indications right now are not that. Yeah, I'm not concerned. I, my older spring stuff, they've booked me for what, uh, September 27th. That's like two and a half weeks out. So, you know, things are going to hang. Right. Maybe Casey, we go on to Alder let's, let's have a little Alder Springs. Yeah. I, I got Mathis in my glass right now. I th- think I sort of... Well, that's I, okay. Um, I <laughs> do you need shark? another glass? What do you, how yeah. do you, what are you going to do about this? Yeah, Don't contaminate uh, There's two glasses over there, Brian. <laughs> you wanna... The Chattanooga is starting to, um, starting to open up more intriguing. So Alder Springs. Let's go to Leightonville. Yep. Yep, all the way up there, almost to the Humboldt border lies a magical place where redwoods grow next to grapevines and, and hippie children and stews in charge and they're grown like little bonsai trees um and i started getting fruit from alder springs in 2016 um this is the 2018 version um and it, to me it feels like the vineyard and that's what's great about that site is every year it makes a wine that is like terroir driven it, it, I can like sense the redwoods and the blackberry brambles underneath them and um, you get a nice forest oh that's floor. just exactly what you want too absolutely well you know it's maybe not from a Grenache um, well sense of place first of all you know. yeah yeah uh, and it, it always makes it, it gets to hang quite a long time up there because it's really a Pinot vineyard um, it's cool they do get some heat in the afternoons um, but it always makes a very nice wine at a lower alcohol. I mean, this is 14, which is probably the highest I've ever got off of Alder Springs. Um, when did you, do you remember, 18? When did you, what was your pick date in 2018? Shit, it was probably like October 4th or I was something. Say, probably pretty late. Yeah. Um, and this whole cluster as well, uh, neutral barrel. Um, and it, it, it's consistently one of my favorite Grenache sites. Um, and it got best to show at the Chronicle, so I got participation trophy <laughs> there you go Grenachista someone fighting for the cause of the Grenache grape because they believe it is the unsung hero of, of the wine world used in many of the best wines but rarely getting the credit it deserves nice it's got its own day now though it does. It does. <laughs> and that's tomorrow no it's, it's, today. it is now today, today. And, it is now. and we'll be out tomorrow right good it will, there you go. no 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 tomorrow is when it's out which is Grenache Day, but we're recording the day before. We really, like, pulled there the curtain back on this oh, one, John. Man. Thank you. <laughs> Broken the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, that's so important, too. It really is. You, you, mentioned, um, you mentioned color earlier, and I'm curious about, 
what you're looking for in color as far as just what you like and also what you expect the drinkers are going to like. But it's really interesting to compare these two um, 2018s from, from Dry Creek and from uh, Mendocino because Mendocino's bright and it's ruby. There's no oxidation at all. The Mons, though, from Dry Creek is is a you know doesn't have it's not as crystal clear. It's it, there's a little bit of an orange tint to it. Um, they 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 just look really different. Yeah, the uh, the Alder Springs is the Albon clone, which if anybody's listening out there, I, I, it's not my favorite clone. Um, I'm just gonna throw it out there. Um, Albon A. You're not the only one. It should be. It's it's for rosé. It's not for red wines, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But uh, that's what Stu's got up there, so that's what I get. Um, but it, it hangs quite a long time up there, so I'm all right with it. Um, and uh, that being said, I don't care about color anymore. I, I used to, but I don't think the consumer cares either. So um, I think that the, the slightly bricking that we're getting from the um, mounts, it's due to the Albon clone, which is really hard to get color out of. It just doesn't want to give it up. And I, that used to concern me, but now it's like, yeah, you know. If it tastes good and it's bright and it's got good fruit, well, who cares what the color is? A lot of times those lighter wines in color um, just are more expressive, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah, that's, we actually had a Pinot on by the glass a couple weeks ago that was really light. And the only one that had a problem with it was the, the servers. They were, like, looking at it like, like there was some problem with it. Um, and I'm like, no, you you need to taste it. Don't just look at it. Taste it. Yeah. Well, and with whole cluster, I mean, I'm not going to get a whole lot of color anyways. And, and you know, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Peter Mathis's vineyard will, will make up for all that because it's always just like inky black. You know, he has the Spanish clone, 56513. Five, um, and it's tiny berry, and it's just even the carbonic. I mean, it's dark. So. Yeah, the carbonic is the darkest of the three. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And this Alder Springs is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. got a nice little grip to it that yeah. just kind of takes over your entire mouth. Yeah, and it really does evolve. It, it's it's one of those wines that you know you come back to it and it's a little different and come back again and there's something else there. The sort of prevailing um, you know flora of that area, the as you said, sort of redwood, dug fir, and and oak tree, um, that like forest kind of uh, aromatics are really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that redwood tree especially. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Dig it. I, I mean, when you said it earlier, so power suggestion, but yeah, redwood tree bark. We're also sitting That's underneath a, a redwood tree. Right. As I'm thinking, maybe it's we should go over there and glory smell it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and LSD will some, do. Some <laughs> yeah. um, well, and in 2018, they moved me up the vineyard. I used to be down lower. Um, it, Alder Springs is on the eastern s- slope of the coastal range so as a crow flies it's about eight miles from the pacific but you're on the, in the in a valley uh where the 101 runs up and so it's it, it does get warm um warmer uh and in 18 they moved me up to the top of the vineyard which is almost 4,000 feet and it's called spirit rock and it's a really special place in the vineyard and i hope that they did that because uh they liked what i was doing what I, difference that's what i tell myself <laughs> Um, the, the fruit I used to get in 16 was off what they called the Emerald Pool, and it was uh, a little fatter, bigger, bigger wine. And this, to me, is a, b- a bit more austere. And I think that is based on um, on the eleva- elevation and, and just the, the site. It's a really stony area of the vineyard, and um, I was stoked when they told me that they were going to start 
Sam likes those stony areas. Every area I'm in is a stony area. A challenge with growing Grenache? Because this Alder Springs, I mean, it's really bright. It's really, really bright. And um, is that sometimes a challenge if you're not at a high elevation or if you get a lot of heat? It can be if you're picking at 28. When I'm picking at 23 and a half or 24, um, I, I don't add any acid. 95% of the time, it's just there. And, and it'll be, the numbers are usually pretty darn good. I mean, for uh, TAs are usually in the sixes. Um, pH is you at 3.5 when you pick at this level. Um, I, I have a, Peter Mathis is a perfect example. Um, with growers, they look at me when I want my Grenache at 24, like I'm crazy. Because they're like, that's not when it's ready. That's not how Grenache works. It needs to be 27, 28. Um, and, you know, I'll explain to them what I'm doing. And, like, I don't need it at 28 because I'm doing whole cluster and I'm making a, a different style of wine and this is what I want. Um, so they do it. And, yeah, and so I don't have an a problem with acid levels. But you would if you were picking it at 28. They'll come in at five. And they're trying to tell this to the Grenista. Uh-huh. No, well, no, 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 you know, you can make Grenache all kinds of ways. That's the beauty of it. This is my way. Right. And, and I'm not saying it's the right way. Right. And and the other thing is, is that by doing a whole cluster, the un, what we kind of refer to as unresolved tannins at the lower sugar, they don't come into play as much as it does on a wine that's being, you know, skins are being broken down um, and you're really working the skins hard. So therefore, you need the tannins to be more resolved, a little softer tannins. It's very true, and I, I think that the stem tannin comes into play with that, um, where I'm getting some skin t or, uh, stem tannin versus that really aggressive, in my opinion, skin tannin off of a Grenache. All right, you guys tried the Chateau Neuf. It's smelling now like a some Somebody's combination beating. of Chambord and balsamic. And it uh, tastes like dirty socks. <laughs> That's a nice ev evolution. <laughs> it's really hitting its strides. <laughs> Actually, I don't hate it. No, I don't you either. Like it either. Yeah. I need some food with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's go visit Peter. Yeah. Yeah, I tried this earlier. This has got a beautiful little mocha. Thing going on with it. This is kind of the closest wine I think I have to like a Gigondas, where you get some of that wood uh, aspect cedar and, and cigar box. Well, he's got a nice little vineyard up there. Really is a nice spot. He really does. And it, it's really unique in how tight it's planted, um, which I, I we've come to the conclusion that's why it's so tannic. <laughs> um, He's gotten the, the, the vines don't get to stretch out and relax. Not at all. And, you know, he's, he's got a, the watering dialed in a lot better than he used to. But um, uh, and, and it's really neat because Peter is the only one that farms it. He does all the, his own that, work. And that's what's super cool about that vineyard is that, that it's like a one-man show. I mean, Peter, didn't he single-handedly clear all those trees out of there, too, he, at some point? He did, yes. Yeah. That's a great concept, too. You know, doing it by yourself. Who was the model wines? Uh, model farm. Model farms. Model farm. Who the lady who? Well, that was Jamie Kutch's assistant winemaker at, at one point. Planted, uh, took care of everything. That's I like that. Working in the vineyard, that is doing the cellar work, that's doing the bottling, the labeling, the selling. Yeah, it's, I mean, stomping the grapes. Yeah. But I mean, Casey's kind of. 
I do that. Well, right. I do the he books. He does his website. He does his books. He does, it's he, true. Pretty much one man show. I do my books? <laughs> no, I can't even keep up with mine. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, once upon a time, my wife helped me, but she's busy. So, uh, yeah, if everything in this company I, I, I do, I touch. I, I, yeah. It's, it's difficult. Uh, and I'm waiting. I'm almost to the point where I can get someone else to do my books. But, you know, that's, that's also on the flip side, that's what's really, uh, I find, is if unique is the correct word, but um, I'm, I'm completely engulfed in this business. I mean, this is all me. There's nobody telling me that I'm doing something wrong or I shouldn't do that or I should do this. And I think that's probably evident in my, my uh, marketing and my Instagram accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Unfiltered. Right. If you're not following Casey on uh, Instagram, you really should be. If you Just, haven't seen Casey's ass. Well, he's right. with the most famous For somebody's people. ass. The most important historical moments, I, you know. Dead people. Right. It's like very Forrest Gumpian, right? He's like, hit all the important things right. at all the important yeah. times. I always think I'm going to run out of ideas, and then I wake up and bink, there's one, and then away we go. It's the Grenache. <laughs> or the weed. It's I don't the weed. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I am creative by anyways. I always have been, so I just I just run with it. I used to used to fight it. Now I'm like, just, just indulge with it and... And let people see it. So all these vineyards a, got, uh, go ahead. Uh, okay. got, go ahead, John. Uh, got through the season with very little water. Yeah. I mean, and we're getting some rain, but next year, what are they going to look like? Do you know? What are your thoughts? If I had a crystal ball, John, um, I'd be working at the circus, not making wine. That's all okay. I'm just asking working your on thoughts Wall on Street. Oh, wait, <laughs> We'd no. all be that, working I take you. it back. Not, not the circus. <laughs> That's Bart, good work too if you can get it. Bart, you had a question? No, I I lost that train of thought. <laughs> Did you have a, a snarky comment? <laughs> Most likely, yeah. <laughs> the the Mathis just makes me want to be at the girl in the fig. Yeah. Like there's something about it, it's just like it's it's Sonoma. It's French Sonoma. Um Well, I think when probably we probably had it at the girl in the fig, that probably helps. You probably but, have uh but what was kind of interesting when we started is, and I don't think Peter expressed this to me outright, but it was like, well, we're going to with two of the same wines off of this site. Oh. Um, and and they, we couldn't be more different. And that's what's fun. And I think that's why Peter really like appreciates what I'm doing is that um, we, our winemaking styles and, and what our finished products are so different. Um, if you put them next to each other, you might be able to like, there's get a, a sense. There's a thread of... Yeah. of sense of place there i think there's a there's a thread of terroir yeah i think that's what i kind of like the most about it is it's stylistically so different from from peter's wines but it's of that vineyard for sure in the 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 carbonic had it too yeah yeah Yeah. it's a unique site and i'm I'm glad that other people are picking that up that it's coming through how did you guys meet uh it started in the custom crush world uh in 2011 he has a, a part-time clients that was making wine at our facility um and we didn't hit it off very well at first honestly um but we, we grew to to like each other over time um yeah and so i when i started doing it i got the first batch of fruit for this project in 2013 and i started asking him in 2013 if i could uh, get some fruit off this vineyard and he said no yeah. um, <laughs> then in 2014 he sold me a ton and i think it because he had extra Um, And and now it's, you know, now it's a thing. What's funny about Peter is that 
and I love this about him, honestly, that he won't bill me for this fruit for like another year. <laughs> so every year I got to be like, Peter, are you going to invoice me? He's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's on my list. Um, but I really don't mind. <laughs> well, I like how Peter is very, uh, he, if you ask him a question, he's going to give you his opinion. And he's very, um, very detailed about why he's doing what he's doing. Yes. I mean, he's, he's thoughtful. Yes, mindful yes, in his approach to making wines, which I like. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, he also says, "I made this wine," and that's right on the bottle. And right. you know, it's a it's a very positive position. You, like you, Casey, you're touching everything. It's all, it, and it shows. Yeah. You can't have that positioning if you're a Kenwood. You know, I'm just floored at the amount of grapes you've processed this year. I mean, that's an amazing amount. To be yeah, the, wise. only the September 16th and be this far deep. I am too, and it's it, it's it's weighs heavy on all of us. Uh, the cellar crews walking around like zombies, and you know I'm I'm in the same boat. But uh, that's what what we signed up for. Um, I know. Is that the only reason you're here today? Is because you have all your tanks are full? Like there's nothing you can really. <laughs> no, I should be there. <laughs> it's because right. it's Grenache Day, and okay, I cool. and you know what? I haven't <laughs> stepped away from the the cellar in three weeks, so it's like uh, I'm gonna take a minute. Wants to have fun today. Yeah, that's the idea. And I, I do should be checking my phone, but I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna worry. I'm gonna let everything ride, and and I'll be back, you know. So it's all good. Okay. Don't make me feel guilty. Let me have yeah. my my time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is work, you know. At the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. This is work. This right. is like some of the most important work right. that you can do. So. Yeah, like you said, yeah. you gotta sell it. You gotta sell it. Right. Um, and so if you guys want to buy wine, hit me up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, go ahead and give the website and um, yep. and any, follow you on Instagram. Yeah, see your ass. anything that's coming up, new releases, uh, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, we got the, the uh, 2020 Carbonic, which actually will be officially released here um, probably next week. Uh, we also have a Sierra Foothills 2019 that's going to go out, and that's um, uh, we're going to be doing a bunch of that by the glass. Uh, it's a little less expensive on our on our scale. Um, not quite available on the on the web page yet, but we're getting there. Because um, it's harvest, and I do all this stuff, so I have to have a minute to be able to do it. Um, but we're, I'm getting there. It's on my list. Um, you can reach, you can find us at uh, www.grenacheista.com. Um, there's a page on there. If you hit contact me, it will come directly to me. So that's kind of unique in that is that I will reply to your emails. Any stupid questions, any funny jokes, I, I read them. Um, or you can find me on uh, Instagram at the Grenacheista. Um, same thing. It's, that's all me. Uh, once upon a time, the my day job asked me to run their marketing, not their marketing, but their Instagram account, and I politely declined. Seriously? Because they seem kind of corporate-y. We are not corporate. We are owned by three really nice gentlemen. Um, but their marketing campaign and their Instagram is pretty square and, yeah. and tight and... Uh, that uh, me and that don't get along. Yeah, <laughs> we get along great as as coworkers and as what we're doing there. But me trying to like do what I do at my Instagram, I don't think would fly. Yeah, so. no quality of fruit. I see, but quality of <laughs> juice. But but as far as your um, advertising style, I don't I don't see that as a good mix. For me personally, or for, for upsell? Oh, no, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's why I was like, I don't think. Whoa, whoa. Am I going to have to get approval on some right. of this stuff? Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're talking about having meetings now right. before you post. How, how long do you want Instagram. me to work here? <laughs> totally, totally. There are a little too much, too lifestyle. 
Yeah, and I, I do hear from the other people that work there, like, oh, they'll they'll check your and see what let's see what Grable's doing and check my Instagram for their daily post. They're like, not nah, well, we're not going to post that. <laughs> <laughs> and I try to keep my Instagram, uh, you know, not political. Uh, I think it shows through right. a little bit because by nature we all have our beliefs. Wine and- is political. It's true. Mine is political. And, you know, I have my beliefs, but, you know, I'm trying to sell shit, and I don't care what your politi- politics are if you got money. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you have money. Totally. Um, but, you know, that's Casey, the, you're, you're saying the quiet part out loud. No, it's, it's the truth, you know? It's the truth. You can believe, and, you know, anyways, I believe people can have their strong-held beliefs any ways they want, um, even if they're stupid. <laughs> even if they're wrong, you can Perfect. just buy wine, I and I don't it. care what you think. Well, it makes everybody happier. Yeah, That's the idea. Right. I actually do Brings get some pushback together. from some people out there about like my label being political, and it's funny is that it was never intentioned to be political. I think it's, you're like... You're like a, yeah, some sort of like Sandy. Totally. Like, um, or, you know, it's uh, BLM uh, yeah. or something like that. I'm like, sure. sure. Yeah. I'm like, that's got nothing yeah. to do with it. This is long. Yeah, totally. This is, it, it was never meant to be no. a political statement. But, you know, I, I can't change people's minds. If they feel that way, they feel that way. Well, and, and, and the label and, and, the, and the, the thought came from um, something that had been seen. So it wasn't even. It wasn't. There was no political agenda, just like you said. It was just right. you adapting something that you really liked to your own style. Yeah, well, I used to have a label that I drew every year, and and it didn't tell the story of the wines. Well, that was one year. That was like the worst one I ever did. Thanks for remembering <laughs> Thanks. that. Thanks, Brian. Uh, the red balloon. Oh, good lord. Um, but that. That just didn't tell the story of what I was doing, so you know we I changed it to something that did, and and yeah, there was no political thoughts with that whatsoever. It was just like here's what we're doing, here's what I I want to represent, um, and I think it popped off the shelf, and you know a lot a lot of it went back to that old label was white with a border, and you sat on a shelf, and there's a hundred other white labels, and it just didn't stand out, and well, this sure shit stands out. <laughs> That's right. That just gave me a flashback of the first time I tried your wine. Was Peter gave me a bottle of your wine that had that label on it? Yeah, those and were so not good wines. Try, he, he told me you got to <laughs> try. You, this did you did you buy it for the fig? I think we did. I think you up. did. No, you didn't get the Mathis because you know Peter's got his own stool there. So you. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the first time we had you on the podcast, it was all that label. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So God, that's a long time ago. Because this the first year I labeled wines with this label was um 2016 for those who haven't seen the label or the instagram account it's a fist in the air sort of a teal background white outline fist some negative space Uh, i mean it has you know a political connotation but you're fighting for the right for of grenache yeah right i mean here we are celebrating the most important day of the year Second most important day of the year. Is it Talk Like a Pirate Day? Is it talk like a pirate? <laughs> it's always Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh, but, you know, there is this sort of underground, not under underground, but underdog uh, kind of nature of, of right. Grenache as this sort of workhorse that you know, doesn't get the credit or the spotlight in the way it does. And, you know, I think we're, again, always in this Grenache bubble. We're like, no, Grenache gets telling it. We're, We've had more Grenache makers than Pinot makers on this podcast. Like times, five. times five is probably generous, probably ten to one. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, we're in this sort of bubble, but 
you know, you get people in here in the tasting room all the time who who haven't had Grenache or don't know that they've had Grenache. Yeah. And um, you know, in a climate change world, in a in a water you know usage world, in a labor shortage kind of world. Grenache makes a lot of sense for us, and um, you know, so fighting for Grenache and putting your fist in the air for Grenache, it, there is a little bit of a statement there, whether you, whether you want it to be or not. Uh, but it's a statement that you know, it doesn't matter necessarily what your side of the aisle, or you know, whether you're fighting with Che or the Francos or whatever. Um, it's uh, you know, this is there's we believe in the cause. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of alliances, do you, do you, um, a lot of the traditions with Grenache are, well, in, in Spain, it's often blended with Tempranillo and in, in Chateauneuf de Pop, they've, they've got 13 to 17 grapes that, that they'll blend it with. Do you ever, do you ever think I'd love to have a little Movedra to, to, to sort of, to, to play with, with this grape, or I'd love to have a little Syrah, 10% Syrah, or, or Cunois, or something to... I do think that, yes, um, but I think that would not work with what I'm trying to do. Um, yes, I do think that Grenache sometimes can get a little help, uh, I, and I'm not opposed to that by any means, but you know, the whole idea of this label is to like, hey, this is this is 100% Grenache, and if... if um, you know that Moved filled out the mid palate would make a better wine, maybe, probably, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to showcase what what Grenache can do by itself. Yeah, the purity of, of Grenache. And I'm still and speaking of like uh, the underdog. Why is Grenache not a noble grape? That's that's what always kind of right. pisses me off. Um, yeah. So there's my spiel. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, you know, Casey, there, there's a number of people out there. Um, and we've had them on the show that are dedicating themselves to single varieties. And I think they all probably have that question is like, you know, if, if you make all Mouvedra or if you make all Petite Syrah, you know, what would you blend with it to make it a more quote unquote complete wine? But I think what they all have the same idea is that they're trying to show different aspects of one grape variety mm-hmm. and showing terroir or t- showing, you know, winemaking styles. and. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. This all really started is that I wanted to, to make Grenache in the way that a lot of our Pinot producers around here were doing and showing really nice sites with really great fruit and being single vineyard designate. And it's like, well, you can really taste what that vineyard shows and what uh, they're unique, uh, even if they're up the street from each other, and as Pinot is. And, and that's what I wanted to do is be like this Grenache um, – can really showcase its site, and I, I think it's one of the better grapes for that, honestly. Hundred percent agree. Well, you <laughs> lean into that with a little. You, every one of these bottles is Grenache Noir. You don't have to say Grenache Noir on your bottle of Grenache in California, right. but right. Yeah. you you kind of like are is that is that why that sort of nod to what Pinot is sort of revered as around here? Uh, yes, it, it was definitely a thought thoughtful thing that I did there and I was like well if you like Pinot Noir <laughs> you're gonna love this <laughs> uh, fist in the air totally <laughs> yeah All, uh, so Dan and I were talking last night and he he has never had um, Angela Osborne's wines either mm-hmm. um, tribute to Grace which, yeah. which you guys are sort of in the same 
as far as I know, the people that I know, the only two people that are doing strictly Grenache. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I like her wines quite a bit. And I came up in this in the Central Coast, um, but we're they're different wines. And she she does yeah. mostly whole cluster as well. Uh, but they're and. I don't usually like to use this term in winemaking um, or in wine tasting or in wine in general, but they are feminine in their, in, right. in how they taste. Yep. Um, and I don't know if you'd say mine or masculine. I don't really think they are, but um, compared to hers, they are. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely a different style in winemaking. She's super gentle. I think it's a little different, too, because you're getting central um, – Central Coast fruit, I was which is say, there's like sandy soils, Santa Maria, Santa Barbara. Yeah, big difference with the structure of of what. I mean, you, I don't think you could make those some of those sites into, you know, whatever masculine means, bolder, bigger versions of Grenache, you know, without losing what the character of those sites is, right? Yeah, yeah I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, she does some stuff out of sites that might show that, like Shake Ridge, right. and, and even those are on the softer side. There's definite restraint, though, with your wines, which I, I, I just love these wines because they're so balanced. Because, you know, sometimes my experience is sometimes Grenache can be a little overblown and, and sappy and, and a little heavy and, and that fruit punch thing that's coming through. And it could be, well, I, I just think, I, I think all of these wines are, they're so balanced. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually say that they're either masculine or feminine they're just they're really they're just balanced they've, they've got a nice balance I, well I, I really appreciate that because that's ultimately the goal um, and, and that's the evolution of my winemaking because those original wines were not balanced so I, I think um, subconsciously that's ultimately what I'm trying to find is, is somewhere in between go ahead oh that was it uh, somewhere in between I, I was just going to ask two things is I don't think we properly introduced our other guest here, and, and people are going to wonder who's that other who voice. That voice so I'm going to let Brian do that. And then, Brian, what happened to your glasses? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's how the, uh, all the cool kids are wearing their glasses. Yeah, yeah. The one arm, one yours? temple this look. This is the new style. <laughs> Why are you wearing two things when you only need one? <laughs> Thank you. I'll give it a try. I mean, uh, hopefully I'm going to get right to the now. point where I don't even have this one on this side. It's just going to be Why don't you get a monocle? Just with a with chain. In, 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 the, in the jerk. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you have a proper eye care physician that can properly balance your eyewear, you don't need the other one. I think you could fix that with a paper clip, though. I don't think yeah. you need <laughs> Popsicle stick and some tape. So, so Bart, I fell asleep on my glue. glasses the other night is what happened. And because these are like... Uh, well, well, I can't read them without Warby my, Parker. They're like uh, they're like you know Gucci or some crazy something like that. So it takes like two weeks to get the God, the frames done. So the glass so, the so glasses meantime, are all in the same boat that the tri ice is on <laughs> right now. <laughs> and and, as and far the flint glass. Goes, Dan Dan, um, I have a feeling I get a sense from being around him and talking to him that he um, has been around wine a lot longer. Um, than I have, and so it's it's actually been really nice. Even to though have he's him. ten years younger possible? than you, how's that? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> um, it's it's been nice to well, have him at the you. hotel to have someone that that um, you know it was it, when Mark was the um, head psalm and I was the assistant psalm. It was it was always nice to have someone to talk to about wine, and I, and I haven't really had that in a long time. Um, and so it's thanks, Brian. That's what we're here for. Well, you know what I'm saying. At work, it's it's a different thing. So. So it's actually been really nice to have him around and be able to 
because I like talking about wine, obviously. Um, and to have someone that, that understands what you're talking about and doesn't talk in a way, you know, he's not a stuffy guy. And so it's, it's, um, it's been a pleasure to have him around. And, and I, um, I thought he would enjoy hanging out with us. And, and, um, well, tell us what he does. Well, I, I don't, I don't even understand the whole situation, which, <laughs> which is, you know, I don't understand a lot of what people do at the hotel. I don't understand their their roles. Do you know what you do? Don't even know really their last names. I know a little bit of what I do. <laughs> um, it changes daily. Um, but it, but w- what was interesting was you know what happened last night, Dan? Is it at the um, so we had Michelle Heston who was our PR person for basically West Coast, so anywhere from Canada to Mexico, and she was at the dinner that we did last night. We did a beautiful rosé dinner, five courses, all rosé. Um, and at the end of the dinner, she came up to me and she said, you know, you guys are doing a really great, great job here. I don't think you guys realize what's going on at other hotels, that you guys are actually thriving. And, and I know that a huge part of that is because of where we are, that we're in wine country and because people actually want to come here and visit us. But, but from the way she was saying that, that it's not like that in other parts of the country. Like I can imagine Seattle... Um, Portland, um, um, just other parts of the country that, that not only are there staffing issues, but um, problems getting even guests to come to your hotel, no business travel, like all the shit that's going on. We're, we're super lucky, which is why I'm going to say pay your dues to Sonoma Valley Vintners and Grape Growers Association. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to Prema and Nicole. That get on that board. Right, this is the yeah. first year they haven't asked me, which, uh, you know, it's kind of Wait, so they've asked you in the past and you declined? Not to be on the board, no. Like, oh, no, I, no, I don't no, have no, the, okay, the on the board. To, to be on... Um, to uh, pay your dues. To, to, no, to, to join. Oh, that's coming, I'm sure. Uh, th- I, they've asked me in the past. As soon as Bart's a board member, he's going to be... Every every podcast guest will be... Uh, well, want to be on the podcast? Yeah. It's always been kind of difficult because I only made coming really one wine... From Sonoma Valley, so it, it didn't make a lot of sense before. But now we have Kitty Face Vineyards, and we're making some other stuff. So, wait, what's the other Sonoma Grenache? Well, the, the Kitty Face. So you have the the Mathis, Mathis, and then um, I took over uh, Henry Mathis's vineyard. Oh, that's right. Um, you have all you have all the Mathises. Kitty Face is a little under an acre of Grenache Blanc, um, and I've been farming it this year for a, a lovely man who's. Um, just can't do it anymore. Wait, where is this? Right out, just past uh, Sonoma's it's just best. A different name. It's Kitty Face. Oh, this is yeah. Henry Mathis's. Correct, okay. but uh, we leased it this year, um, long-term lease, and I gave my five-year-old daughter the the chance to name it, and so we went through a couple <laughs> names, and she decided uh, on Kitty Face Vineyards, and so okay. uh, she's actually changed it now. She wants it to be Unicorn's Lair. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the Griffin's Lair people are going to... Well, that's what she wanted at first, and I'm like, we can't do that. <laughs> so, like, Gryffindor. Right. So I'm, I've settled on Kitty Face, and that's, that's, that's its name now. And uh, anyone who... Uh, okay, so you guys... Most people have... I mean, 99.9999999% of people have no idea what Henry Mathis's vineyard is like. Correct. So it's literally a house, like a normal house. Yeah. And... You guys correct me if I'm wrong. It it was a development that was built by. Was it a grape grower? No, no. It was but but whoever designed it that was like that corner lot that Peter that uh, Henry has was like 
their house, I think, originally or something. I don't know, but there's like five or six houses, and each one has like a little less than an acre of fruit planted on it. Yeah, so it's, it's part of the, the sales pitch was like, ooh, your own vineyard. You know? Right, which is super crazy because imagine – okay, so imagine your house, and instead of having a little patch of grass in your front yard and a little patch of grass in your backyard, you have rows of grapes. And it's, it's either Marsan or in the front or Roussan in the back. Originally, they planted Bordeaux varietals on all the houses. But for whatever reason, Henry planted sell, – To sell houses. Right. To sell houses. Yeah. But Henry – I don't know why, but he uh, grafted it over to – there's one row of Marsan, and the rest is all Grenache Blanc. Okay. And so I take the Marsan and I let it hang and I make a sweet wine out of it. And then the Grenache Blanc, I, I do what I do. But who it's a, who it's used to make his thing. wines? I don't know. They, I think they weren't too bad at all. He was paying someone to do it. So yeah. Quite nice. Yeah. It was actually like a landscaping. Um, I mean, it was like people would show up and just do it. Yeah. Henry, I met it when he would come to the girl in the fig, and then he was doing oh, his own guy. wines. I don't, I, think, I don't know if Cindy was making, Cindy was making them there for Cindy a while. Cindy was making the yeah. wines, and I just fell in love with the whole story. And then after going to his house and seeing that, because I always envisioned like my house, like seriously, you can actually do this, where you can have a vineyard in your front yard and a vineyard like super small in your yeah. backyard and actually make wine out of it. Seemed crazy. It's a big yard, though. Um, I mean, I got three tons off of it or something like that last year. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's yeah. yeah. And it's flat Sam, with no trees. Like you grow up with no. vines and no lawn and stuff. Never got those kinds of yields. So let me tell you. <laughs> well, Grenache <laughs> Blanc heavy. Three tons of the pile of rocks that I grew up on. Not a chance. Two acres. We're getting a ton and a half. So I made a wine off of his site last year for the first time, and this year um, I was a little nervous last year with the smoke, so we just made one wine. But this year I'm going to make all kinds of funky shit. And I think it, it's a great fit that you're taking over that vineyard. That's awesome. Yeah. And I don't know if Henry's going to like the funky shit I make off of there, but that's the way it goes. And if anybody doesn't know, um, not only do I make, you know, obviously still reds and whites, I also uh, dabble in just making weird shit. Um, both paquettes and brandy and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> What's a paquette? Okay. You're actually talking the brandy now? <laughs> I thought that was top secret. Oh, it's not. T- I I have no secrets. Is it legal? It's no. Of course not. <laughs> Don't answer. Okay. It's very expensive <laughs> to make. That he nodded yes for the record. <laughs> <laughs> Judge. By the time it's Officer. I actually release it, it might be legal. Um. I, uh. And then I'm uh, for my day job. I'm their R and D winemaker. So I mean, not only am I making weird stuff for myself, I, I make quite a bit of weird stuff for them. Um, including I made a really awesome bitchin'. I made two of them for moose for them this last year, which will be coming out pretty soon. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, definitely want to do a vermouth, a vermouth yeah. episode. Yeah, sure. I mean, it I seems like a great, a great pivot in 2020. Yeah. To and now you're going to be stuck making it every year. We'll see. It <laughs> took it took me two years of bench trials to really dial it in, and I got it. Um, and I really wanted to make it for my myself, but the compliance side is pretty complicated and also um it's different making a bench trial than scaling it up i you know making buying two or three vanilla pods but i bought like a thousand bucks worth of yeah. vanilla so <laughs> i think michael muscardini does his own vermouth from and he uses like botanicals from his own yard and it's his birthday i think oh it's his birthday michael too? muscardini oh, well, yes uh, yesterday no, his birthday was yesterday we share along with yeah, yours there birthday. you go happy birthday, Bart. yeah happy of course birthday, Bart. michael never calls me i always call him (laughs) 
Wait, let's go back to Paquette, though. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. Let's go back to Paquette and, and, and a quick, what is vermouth? Is vermouth a distilled wine or is it a fortified wine? It's a fortified wine. It's a fortified wine. Uh, with botanicals, but to be a proper vermouth, it has to have, and you know, this is not, there's no rules, but it should have uh, wormwood, uh, genitine root, and angelica root. And then the botanicals come, you know, how you flavor it. You know, the southern French use a lot of orange peel and, and vanilla and cardamom and, and uh, uh, anise and such. And then up in Turin in Italy, then that's where you get like the, the more sugar, more sugar caramelized. caramelized sugar, um, and then tons of ingredients. I think my uh, red vermouth had like 32 ingredients in it or something like that. Yeah. They're super good. The, the lighter one is just unbelievably good with just some ice. And then uh, yeah. the, the red one is – I'm a Negroni drinker. So that's right. what – I made it for myself, so I didn't have to go buy a Antica every every week anymore. Going up <laughs> How can I make price, my Negronis right? more expensive? $1,000 worth of vanilla yeah. pods yeah. and $800 worth of saffron. <laughs> have you guys seen Ian Blessing's new venture? Oh, yeah. Uh, all the bitter? Yep. Yeah. Looks like he's doing well. Ian and his wife decided yeah. to stop drinking. It made them better parents for some reason. And uh, – they, except they moved to Chico. Well, whatever. I mean, that's um, hard. So they've started, yeah, they've started a company doing um, doing bitters, which kind of a weird little secret that I don't think a lot of people know that that bitters have alcohol in them. For so extraction, right? When, when you'd have, um, it was always weird when I saw um, at the girl in the fig employees grabbing the bitters. They'd be like, ah, my stomach doesn't feel good, and they just grab the bitters from behind the bar and shake it into soda. I'm like, you know, that's illegal. You're grabbing a bottle of basically alcohol and shaking in there. Ian has discovered a way to do bitters with no alcohol. Um, but he, he just did a contest for the best Negroni, non-alcoholic Negroni. And I told him that whoever wins, we're going to put that recipe on the um, on the uh, beverage list at the Fairmont. Non-alcoholic Negroni, why bother? You know, you got to remember it's not just us with 57 bottles of wine on the table. <laughs> there are people out there that, you know, Maybe, Just because uh, they have opinions doesn't mean they're right. Sure. <laughs> I'm not saying they're right, but I, I'm going to be supportive. I know. I'm just, I'm just teasing. Fist in the air. Uh, Fist in the air for... So, Paquette. Yes. Yeah. We basically make beer out of grape skins. Yeah. Speaking of fists in the air. Yeah. So, uh, I started last year. I, the year before, I did trials. I did... I love research. So, I went and bought all four paquettes that were commercially available out there in the world and tasted them and a couple there's of four now there's like 30 and they're probably end up being after this harvest a hundred totally um and out of the four probably like two were good and two were pretty shitty um but i after making pet nats i have a pretty good idea of how to make weird things and so uh last year i basically took a took my pumice from my grenache blanc and my grenache noir uh, rosés and you add water, and then you ferment, or you squeeze it again, and you end up getting sugar water that there's still sugar left in the skins when you whole cluster press them. Not whole, not fermented, so this is making a white wine or a rosé. Um, and then you ferment it, and you end up with a really kind of fun beverage at 5 to 7% alcohol. Um, and they're fun. You know, it's not wine, uh, but it's wine-like, uh, and they're really easy to drink, and they're just, you know, Interesting. Where where was it first um, made? I, it's been made for millennia, right? It was the scraps that the peasants would get after you know making. I think probably they were making it with fermented must, 
um, and there's probably still a little sugar left in there, or they were adding sugar to it and yeah. using those skins for flavoring um, and then bottling it or uh, fermenting it and, and putting it in a bottle because the bubbles are part of it, you know. Um, so I think, uh, not think, paquette actually means to tickle your tongue. However, I've since heard, and it started with Instagram, a Frenchman reached out to me and was like, you couldn't sell that here because in France, paquette means like the dredges, the worst That's of the worst. <laughs> I think it's not legal to sell in France. I think you can't, I think that's what Isabel was saying. You're not allowed to, you can make it, but you can't sell it. Hmm. I could be completely yeah, wrong peasant, about that. That's peasant right. totally. beverage. And, but he did laugh. He's like, but you could probably pull it off ironically. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that used to be the thing, right? Day laborers, like, you know, daytime drinking, you could yeah. give them a little piquette, and it was something that kept them happy and going, but, totally. not, but not drunk. But not drunk. And yeah. it's if it's cold, you know, the bubbles, it's it's super easy to drink and I'm, I made two last year um, a Noir and a Blanc and I've pretty much sold out of the Noir I got a little bit of the Blanc left and then I canned a bunch and um, yeah. this heart a can of Paquette I got cans of Paquette oh and it, God, that's yeah. that's, that's going to go places yeah and I, I can buy White Claw <laughs> I know that's the idea God willing right um, and, and then truly. this year I'll make some more but Harvest has been so crazy that I haven't uh, been able to, to get at it be a good lake, lake drink. Yeah, it, it totally is. And the uh, the can is actually a blend of the two because I, I just had what I had left and I put them together and canned it and they're you know, carbonated and they're 6% alcohol and um, it still have like some berry on it, cherry and yeah. stuff. And uh, do, you, do you add um, any any sugar or, or fruit to, to, to make it friendlier? Yes. Uh, for the bottled stuff, it's got a little... Still wine to make them stable because anything at six percent alcohol is inherently unstable, and that's why you know beer is bottled the way it is, so clean and so early. It's because it'll go bad. Um, so I add some still wine to uh, raise the acid a little bit, raise the alcohol level a little bit, and then I was using last year all the bottled stuff. I was using fresh juice to um, charge them for the bottle ferment. Um, with the can, it was different because you can uh, carbonize online in line as it goes to the can so it was uh still there's a little bit of residual sugar but not much like a gram and a half per liter um and then it was carb carbonated on the way to the can huh. same thing though but there's some still wine in there to, to change the chemistry right on. so sam what was your favorite wine on the table today well we should mention we just tried the ah uh, the audi yeah that's pretty amazing, oh, it's, actually. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's um, it smells amazing. It definitely wasn't picked at twenty four, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Phil Kateri and Philippe Combi don't even. And know. Isabel Gassier. <laughs> They're still on vacation, yes. summer vacation. <laughs> um, favorite wine out there, you know, the the carbonic, I loved. Um, I thought. Bart's Rossi 18. We didn't even talk about that. I thought that was tasting really good today. And I don't hate the funky, weird Chateauneuf. Um, you know, again, it probably needs some meal with it. Um, but I could I could drink a bottle of that yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought, that, you know. Small, yeah, look, this is... A table full of Grenache. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, a big table. Sauce. Yeah, table, big table full of Grenache. <laughs> have a favorite. Does it, does it get any better? The fav <laughs> favorite is having a table full of Grenache. That's that's right? my favorite. That's pretty good. 
That's a pretty good day. Uh, well, it's pretty John? normal around here. Um, I have to go back to uh, Casey's from uh, Alder Springs. Oh, I like the Alder Springs too, right? See, that's the thing. It's like nice. Grenache is Just such a, a can be such a wine of place that you have a lineup of Grenache like this from all these different kinds of places, different you know winemaking styles for yeah. sure. But the they all have, have the yeah. yeah. Um, but look have, at Audrey Tet. You've got same winemakers, right? Two different locations, same exact winemaking in totally different locations, d- different wines, right? And really, in the Rossi yeah. and the Oakville. So, you know, um, is that Audrey Tet uh, release now? Is a nineteen? Uh, this is the eighteen that was. Oh, the, oh, the 19 is the, the rosé oh, is the oh. current release of the rosé. And then the, the 18 bottle. is the red wine. Got it. Uh, the 19s will be released uh, in the in the winter. Got it. Um, it's, uh, you know, and this is, this is crazy winemaking. You talk about crazy winemaking. This is 10-day um, cold soak, Delastage twice a day for the first, like, first half of fermentation. Uh, and then once it goes dry it's on skins for like 40 days. Yeah. Um, so we're doing these sort of like quasi punch downs, just kind of wetting the cap. Sure. Uh, 18, we, uh, 19, we pressed it out earlier. 18, we pressed out like the first week of December. Okay. So I was, you know, everybody was gone home for vacation. I was going Chris to the winery. Chris swearing at you. Yeah, no, he was gone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was gone. I was doing punch downs in, you know, over Thanksgiving, you know, yeah. morning to Thanksgiving, evening to Thanksgiving and going punching down because everybody was on vacation. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's wild winemaking for sure. It's bullshit that uh, Grenache oxidizes easy. And, you know, I bought into that the first. Yeah. I bought into that the first few years. Like, tr- treat it like Pinot and be, like, super gentle. And I, it's not true. Yeah. I don't even know where that came from. Like, who, who, who told us that? Well, that's the story, though, that Nebbiolo and Grenache both oxidize very quickly. Yeah. Because in blind tasting, right, with, with the Court of Masters Sommeliers, you're, you're always looking for. You're looking for sort of indicators, yeah. and if it's if it's oxidized and you think it might be uh, on the younger side, then right away you go Grenache Nebbiolo. Yeah, but have, can you think of? And I can't of uh, thinking of opening a Grenache and going, oh, that's oxidized, unless it's you know 20 years old. Right. I, I mean, I think I, I I like you thought Grenache treated like white wine, um, but I think that it would benefit from a nice rack halfway through its aging I agree um, and to kind of progress it along because I know with this 18 Grenache um, it's just now I think coming around um, yeah. and, and and softening and kind of opening up and I know that from opening having it on the second or third day that it's really needs some more time so it makes me think that other wines I need to you know help them along a little bit perhaps yeah. i do rack everything you know once through it's it's two-year barrel cycle where i in the past i was like oh god you can't let any air in and like it's not true yeah you know we we're always kind of searching for the happy medium on grenache as far as like you see a lot of times people are treating it too gently treating it giving that sort of like pinot noir kid glove our first grenaches that we made 16600 it was was always, uh, you know, Cabernet-style winemaking, right? We were doing punch-downs and pump-overs and distemmed and crushed, and, and you know, so you find somewhere in the middle there that, uh, you know, is then really get to to be true to the fruit. Yeah. And, it, it you know, this is a perfect example. is tasting, you know, my Grenache next to the Edutoy, 
um, in, in manipulations and, and how winemaking can really affect uh, Grenache. It really it, it shows. Well, that's a great lesson when you have this wine, same grapes, different spots, same winemakers. Right. Uh, Isabel leading the team there. I mean, but John, the same thing you said about Absolutely. Casey's wine. Also, Absolutely. You know, Casey's wine also. I mean, you know, totally different winemaking philosophies, um, but also still expressing where they come from, you yep. know. And that's it, why I like that Alder Springs. It's yeah. just really nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All really nice. You got me with the uh, Redwoods and the blackberry brambles hello yeah ferns damn, ferns growing broke. out of rocks <laughs> safety glasses to sit next to bart huh? <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> yeah and bart just fyi the 2018 rossi grenache is tasting yeah, it's really it's good. so good man. yeah it's yeah. it's it's the grapes good answer gentlemen <laughs> I, I have to go back to work and we should. It is yeah. harvest. Yep. Yeah. It is Grenache Day. Happy Grenache shout Day, Casey. Yeah, happy Grenache Day to everybody. everybody. Thanks, Casey. Any shout outs you want to mention? Shout quick? outs. Buy wine. And yeah, <laughs> buy my wine. Yeah. All yeah. of ours. Buy, more, buy more Grenache. Buy more Grenache. I mean, buy it. Yeah, yeah, too. Um, and sh- Free vaccination with every bottle. Oh, please. <laughs> well, I think the Johnson and Buy Johnson, a bottle or get shot. Right, Wait. Johnson and Johnson comes in every bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shout out to Vicky Carroll too at Hospice Tyrone. Thank you, and to Sandra. Even though we didn't get a party this year, um, we get a party. She partied in the multiverse. She's having a Grenache, Grenache I, Day party that in was the a multiverse. Weird conversation. I still don't know what the. Uh, f- I, I know. And okay. she's got a, um, an opening in New York at an art gallery with all of her she's new uh, her photo projects. Man, it's, it's really successful in, in Europe too. It's kind of crazy. So I still don't understand it. I don't. I don't either. But. She is so far ahead of the curve when it comes to most things that, that it, you know, it's not going to be 20 years until we understand art. what the hell she's doing. Um, the, the young kids will, will get it. Okay. All right, Casey, Gentlemen, thank you. Thanks. Everybody out there, happy Grenache Day. Happy Grenache thank Day. Thank you. Best day ever. Right? The second most important holiday of the year. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. We are yeah. drinking Grenache. <laughs>